Welcome back once again to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians right now, and for the last couple of episodes, we've been looking at Galatians chapter 2, verses 17 through 21, where Paul is diving into the reality of of our relationship to Christ, our relationship to law, and how these things work together or don't work together. This is our third episode on this incredibly rich section of Scripture where he is giving some foreshadowing of what's to come. And we're going to bring it to an end looking just at verse 21 this morning. So let me pray for us, and then we'll look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. Fathers, we once again come to your word to look at this section of Scripture where Paul gives such rich and deep thoughts about our identity in Christ, our relationship to the law versus our relationship to Christ, how we understand ourselves. Would you give us wisdom? Would you give me wisdom that I might make clear what your gospel is, that we might know how it is that we stand before you, how it is that we could possibly stand justified for you. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Galatians chapter 2, verses 17 through 21 says this, But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if Christ, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose." What we've dealt with the reality of the law, that, that if we continue to try to justify ourselves by the law, or if we rebuild the law, having once found Christ, then we actually make ourselves even more of a transgressor because we're refusing to let the law have in us the effect for which God designed it. It was designed to kill us, that we might live to God. It was designed to show us that our only hope is that God be toward us as he is, full of mercy and full of grace, full of compassion, full of forgiveness. And if he is not that way toward us, then we have no hope. So Paul's made this point that we have to let the law do what the law was designed by God to do. And then he makes this further point that what it is designed to do is to put us to death. And in fact, I have been crucified with Christ. And he goes on and talks about the life that we live in the flesh. And we talked about the already, not yet, yesterday, this life we live now in the flesh, our flesh still being a reality, but no longer the defining reality. Rather, the life, or what defines us now, the defining principle is Christ alive in us. And then we didn't get to the very last clause of verse 20. He defines Jesus, the Son of God, this way, who loved me, and gave himself for me. See, this is the reality of why life is found in Christ, because 
While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The godly died for the ungodly. He wasn't waiting for us to make ourselves right, that we might earn his sacrifice. He died for us. He came to us in divine, preemptive love. While we were sinners, he died for us. He loved us, and he gave himself for us. This is what theologians talk about as the substitutionary atonement, that Christ died in our place. He gave himself for us. What we deserved was the wrath and curse of God. The wages of sin, Paul tells us in Romans, is death. This is what we had earned with our inability to keep the law. This is what we had earned by our lawlessness. Our sin was death. And, and we, we earned it. We, we should, it would have been just for God to give such judgment to any man because it's what we've all earned by our sin. But what the gospel announces is that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that Jesus gave himself in our place. He laid down his life for me, for you who are in Christ, that we might have life in him. In love, he gave himself for us. That's the gospel. That what we had justly earned, the death, the punishment, the judgment, the wrath, that we had justly earned by our sin, Christ took for us. He gave himself for me, Paul says. And if we look to faith in Christ, we can make that same very personal first-person statement that Christ gave himself for me as well. And you can make that statement that Christ gave himself for you. That's the glory of the gospel, that, that our sin was put on the shoulders of Christ and he bore the wrath of God for it and his righteousness was credited to our account. It was imputed to us. This is this definition of justification that we talked about a couple of days ago when we looked at Galatians 2, 15 and 16. That by faith, Jesus' righteousness is imputed to us. This is why Paul says his life is found in Christ, because the law drove him to the one who died for him. And so he finishes this section with verse 21, I do not nullify the grace of God. I'm not going to undo it, he says. I, I'm, I'm not going to diminish God's grace, because if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. And here we start to see the reality that it can't be a both and. It's an either or. Either we are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, or we are justified by our works. It's not a little bit of both. It's not Jesus plus some good behavior. It's not Jesus plus the Sabbath or Jesus plus circumcision or Jesus plus dietary laws or Jesus plus whatever law that we come up with is most important in our day and age. It's just Jesus or it's just law. See, that's the reality of righteousness before God. 
That's the reality of justification. It either comes by works or it comes by faith. It either comes by works or it comes by grace. As Paul's going to develop this later, it either comes by law or it comes by promise. It's a very hard either or and not at all a both and. So that Paul can say, if it's through the law, then Jesus' death is pointless. But if we're not justified by works of the law, as he has already made clear, then Jesus' death is our justification. It's not pointless at all, but it has the purpose of satisfying God's wrath, of paying the price for our sins, of propitiating his wrath, of expiating our sins, of both of those brought together there in the cross of Christ. So that the purpose of the cross of Jesus is the redemption of the people of God and therefore the glorification of God in all of his justice and grace through the redemption of his people by the finished work of Jesus Christ. So see, that's why Paul is saying to Peter earlier that you've condemned yourself and he's going to say to him later that you've cut yourself off. You've severed yourself from Christ if you try to justify yourself by works of the law. Because if it's by works of the law, then what Jesus did just doesn't matter at all. But if what he did matters, then our standing is not found in our law keeping at all. They're mutually exclusive. We're justified either by works of the law or by grace through faith in Christ. And the good news of the gospel, the great news of the gospel, the comforting news of the gospel is that we're not justified by works, but by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So I can say to you, if you look to him in faith, if you look to Jesus in faith, your sins are forgiven and you stand justified before God Almighty, an heir with Christ, the Son of God. So all of you who look to Christ in faith, rest in him, for you stand justified. Amen.